How we doing, Red Sox Nation? Sox pull out one on Sunday in Toronto to stave off the sweep and halt their losing streak. We'll talk all about that the previous week and the week coming up. This week on Red Sox Wrap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. And blast out. And we can do this until we pass out. Oh, yeah. Can anybody tell that Benny freaking Jam picked the music this week? Oh, that's a little shout out to JBJ uh, for his great hitting streak. Uh, you know, 29 games ain't nothing to shake a stick at. Alongside Ben Fay and former Astros farmhand Bobby Demuro, I'm Mike Conley. This is another edition of After Buzz's TV Red Sox Wrap 360. Welcome back, Bobby. Good to be here. You know, do you want to start out and get clean here on the Red Sox show? This is your first appearance this season. Get clean with uh, just a lot of apologies about Jackie Bradley Jr. No, I do. You, I mean, how you say that he's just a quadruple A player, and now the guy is second in the AL in batting. That's great. They've been playing for six weeks. Come on, that show me six hundred plate appearances. If he's second in the AL in batting after six hundred plate appearances, and then he does it again next year, then I'll pay attention to Jackie Bradley as a long-term solution. Okay, but uh, I'll look. give you one hundred and fifty plate appearances from August of fifteen. Oh, here we go. And then two, two seasons, six months <laughs> off. Here we go. A bad team with nothing to play for. Guys getting a lot of fastballs because it don't matter. Yeah, great. Let's come Man. on. Come on. I mean, no, no, look, at I, least fake it. Twenty-nine game hitting streak. Nice fine. About the Red Sox. That's fun. Do you remember Bo Hart or Chris Shelton? Do you remember those names? Bo Hart with the Cardinals. Chris Shelton. Bo the Hart Tigers. the wrestler. No, Bo Hart oh. the second baseman. Both those guys had amazing years coming out of nowhere. And Bradley is a more of a prospect than those dudes were. They each had an amazing first year, full year coming out of nowhere. And everybody said, "Wait a second, these guys are players." And then what they do after that? Nothing. Like, this is a hard game. I don't want to see you do it for a couple of years, and I definitely want to see him do it all 600, 700 plate appearances this year. Uh, if he hits, if he hits, I'll go on record right now. If he hits 285, gets on base at about a 350 clip at the end of the year this year, and has more or less played every day, then I will meet you in the middle, and I will say I was wrong about Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, then he's going to be commanding about uh, 18 mil a year if he puts up those types. Sure, of with the defense he plays. Gold star, uh, gold, yeah. gold glove. Uh, uh, nobody's ever, field. nobody's ever doubted the defense, and that's the thing. He could hit 230 and play for a long time just off the defense that he plays. I just, I, I don't think you're going to see him get another 29 game hitting streak ever. No, well, the guy that I think, like, if anybody's going to make a run at DiMaggio's uh, streak on the Red Sox, how's that currently constituted? I would say it'd have to be Xander Bogats, who, coincidentally, on Sunday, extended his hitting streak to 22 games. Put that into context, though. Uh, Jackie Bradley finishes at 29. That's 27 games short of Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. I mean, that is another... That is, He is yeah. halfway there, and he's been hitting for an eternity. That that, that streak, I don't think, will ever be broken, especially not need, the way baseball is right gonna now. You're going to need 57 games to get it done. It's just never going to happen. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, you know, start the show off on a diatribe of how uh, you don't believe in Jackie Bradley. So I don't. I mean, because it's, 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 you know, rose-colored uh, glasses. We're looking at the Red Sox this year to this point. I mean, they're absolutely raking. The pitching shows signs of coming around now and again. Mm. Um, but they were hurting in Toronto this weekend. But it was lucky that uh, old faithful Dustin Droy came through with that two-run double. 
in the what 11th mm -hmm. yep uh and to give them the 5-3 victory that was good and uh for david price uh his return to toronto he was actually kind of well received he got a nice hand yeah yeah he did no booze um, Pretty uh, impressive. I mean, Canadians are polite, but that's well, true. Also, they love when David Price comes to town because that means Jose is probably going to hit one out. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you, Did he go deep today? Yeah, uh, right. There was a stat I was saying uh, uh, Jose Batista has had more home runs off David Price than any other pitcher. Wow. Yeah, I think it's six six home runs against David Price in his career. Oof. Wow. Yeah. But I guess when you face him all the time, because he was with the Blue Jays and Price was with the Rays, so you face him a ton. Yeah, that's true. But Pretty still, crazy, but still. Yeah. I mean, Especially the way they make the schedules now, when you're playing your yeah. division foes 19 times, it's oh, going to yeah. be somebody who's in your division. Um, yeah, I mean, Price, still not that impressive today. I mean, he, he, was, he was okay. I mean, he went six and gave up, what, two runs? I think, yeah, and... and you and saw that, something a little today. I did, yeah. And we were we were kind of watching his his delivery. Um, you know, the com the commentator's been paying close to attention to where his glove has been during his windup, and he was he was keeping the the glove high on his on his uh, on his regular pitches. But then when he was working from the stretch, he was keeping the the, the glove low, and that led to Encarnacion hitting one out. So right. uh, maybe we still have some work to do on that delivery, and everything's not ironed out like we thought it was yeah quite yet bobby you can probably well, speak to this being a former pitcher i don't know if you uh caught the 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 uh smartest man in baseball dustin Perroyer, uh, a couple weeks ago found a little <laughs> david price wasn't really going too well and he's like hey i found something in your your windup where your hands are lower like closer to your knee whereas last year it was a little higher and it was kind of like on a string almost like his leg mm -hmm. went as high as his hands were going yeah and is there something with that where you that should be in straight proportion is it like a string no i mean not necessarily whatever's comfortable for you every guy's different i think the interesting thing is if pedroia found that because price all these guys watch a ton of video and if price didn't see it and the pitching coach didn't see it and the development coordinators didn't see it and the roving pitching guys didn't see it mm -hmm. and the front office guys didn't see it or they all saw it and they didn't think it was important right i think that's more of a kind of a head scratcher than it is to to do whatever change a guy like price i mean all these guys tinker all the time like you look at like a kershaw or somebody all these guys make little changes all the time. It's just mm. like hitters changing their swings. All the time they do little things. Right. Um, it's it's the fact that this one was so public and Pedroia talked about it is kind of a weird wrinkle. You I remember mean, when we were doing shows last year and he talked to Napoli and got him out of his funk. But that's hitters. Right? That's hitter to hitter. Yeah. This is a second baseman to a pitcher being like, hey, you yeah. should set your hands higher. It's like, well, wait a second. How did nobody on the pitching side notice this? <laughs> you know? That's, uh, I don't know if that's like a concern or just a quirky thing or whatever, but I'd be a little like, that's just yeah. a head scratcher to me. Yeah. I don't know. So you're asking for Kyle Willis's job essentially right now. <laughs> you're, just, you're just coming in here on your first show and just friggin' lampooning everybody. The guy that's the you know, second best hitter in the American League. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, and now the coaching staff. Nobody's safe. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Welcome back, pal. Wow. I, I think uh, you should just take Price out of the rotation, put Buckholtz back in until Price gets right. Oof. Right. right. <laughs> Is that too far? That's too far. Because yeah. I mean, 31 million. You 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 go ahead. And you're in the rotation. That's that's 30 uh, 30 starts. You know, but no the, questions the, asked. The other thing, too, I mean, and I know that the stakes are so high when you make that much money, but six innings, two runs, uh, that's kind of like, okay, that's your ace. 
it's the bare minimum maybe when you're paying him that much. You want to yeah. go a little deeper. Two runs is fine. Mm-hmm. But like if you leave a game in the worst case scenario at that point, you're down two nothing and you're absolutely within striking distance. Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody just get hit with a pitch and then David Ortiz or somebody do what he does and it's a tie game. Right. So uh, you know on the road against what should be a pretty good team in Toronto, mm-hmm. like I don't think you can be too pissed off about six and two. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, now you'd like him to go a little bit deeper, ideally, because some of your other guys aren't going to go deep. But at the end of the day, you know, if that's the minimum you get, yeah. But I mean, he is this guy we want to be a stopper on our team. Because I mean, you look at the rest of the rotation; none of those guys has ever thrown two hundred innings, and we're yeah. lucky if any of them get to one eighty. To be quite honest, and you know, so there's going to be the bullpen's going to be working a lot of those times. So it would be nice to have a thirty-one a million dollar year stopper be able to eat up seven or eight innings each time out. But anyways, we won't uh, land base that. I think we're going to introduce like a new segment on the show this week where we bring in a fan of one of the teams that the uh, Red Sox took a <laughs> took a series from this week. You know, and this is the Rockies. And we'll just like, all right, let's uh, land base the enemy. You know, we'll just okay. have you come in and uh, no, I think it's going to be really nice. But uh, we did take two out of three from you. That being said, your boys did rise up and take the third game. If so, you, you guys are having a pretty good year this year. I mean, yeah, the, Rock, the Rockies are not five hundred. The Rockies little... are not going to be in it at the end of the day. That's but they're true. Better than anyone thinks they are, and my God, do they have pitchers coming? Um, John Gray, that third day against you guys, finally looked like what he should have looked like and what they want. I think if you're the Red Sox, though, you look at a series like that and. You look at it and say, oh, it's the Rockies. Why didn't you sweep? You should have taken the third game. You killed them on the first two. And that's true, but this is a little bit better team than the Reds or the Braves or the Brewers or the Padres in their own division. So anytime you take two out of three at home, the Red Sox are 30 and 20 right now. I guess 31 and 20. No, 30 and 20 after today. Yeah. That's you're playing 600 ball. You play 600 ball a year, you're going to win what, 94 games or something, 96 right. games? That's a great team. You yeah. can't take three out of three from everybody. We talk about sample size and expectations all last year on this show, I felt like. Mm. You can't take three out of three from everybody. When you look at the week as a whole, and you're at home and you take two out of three, and then you're on the road and eh, you get one, but it's a decent team in the division. You just keep kicking the ball down the court, right? right? You never get swept. You don't get embarrassed. You don't have a one in five week. And then next week, you try to say, "Let's win four games. Let's win five games. And let's build off that." That's it. So, and that that that's where the 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 Sox faulted last year because their bad weeks were really bad, and their bad weeks this week are like three and three weeks. Yeah, right. You know, and uh, so that so that's good as as was this it, week with the extra playoff spots. With all the extra playoff spots, if you go three and three every single week, yeah. and you are eighty one and eighty one at the end of the year, you have a very good shot of being in it. Now, last year in the NL, when the Pirates and Cubs were incredible and wild cards are getting 94 wins and getting a wild card, that was a fluke. Like, that was a different kind of a year. But if you're winning 81, 82 games, chances are you're probably going to be in the hunt. At least in the last two. You'll be in the hunt. In the last couple weeks, if you're you're about 500 and you turn it on at the right time in September, anything can happen. That's that's precisely why they added that second wild card and the wild cards in general. I mean, but I don't. I don't think we're in any worry of, of uh, making the playoffs at this point. I mean, we're leading yeah. the AL right now. So I, I would mean, worry. to say to say that we're you know going to scrape into the playoffs through the wild card is. I well, would I would worry until August about twentieth. Yeah. Unless I, you have a massive lead, it just I mean, too much can happen. I'm not talking playoffs at all. Yeah. I mean, you know me. I don't even like to look at the standings till August first. So if you if you have an I, 0 and six week next week and you're 30 and 26, that's a very different look than 30 and 20. It's, yeah, at definitely. this point, at this point, it's. I mean, yeah, you're 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 getting off right, and when you're 30 and 20 right now, and you look at everybody else in the division and the league, you're like, 
this feels pretty good. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. we're in a good spot. But I, th- I think you definitely are like, we, we need to, I mean, in, in the Red Sox mind, if they believe that they are playoff contenders, which they should believe, uh, you got to win 60 more games. Yeah. That's, I think, what you what you probably, what your goal is. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think that um, also like people are kind of, you know, on the Red Sox big time just because the other teams didn't get off to greatest greatest start. And so that's why everybody's like dogging on. But if you look now, they're starting to right the ship a little bit. So it's like, you know, the Red Sox in Baltimore seem to be going back and forth all the time. But now mm-hmm. you have like Toronto who's playing a little bit better. You know, they weren't hitting, which you knew was going to turn around, mm-hmm. but they are getting pretty good pitching, and that's coming. And so they're, like, sniffing that 500 mark, as are the Yankees, who are playing better since Chapman's been back. So, yep. you know, this is a team, I mean, in a division we were looking at at the beginning of the season that it's going to be a black and blue division, and all these teams are going to be over 500, and it's going to be a free-for-all, you know? Mm-hmm. And I still think that's going to be the case in this division, despite the the early woes. That's why you just can't cow chickens, you know? And there's going to be some tough stretches in the schedule the, the Sox are going to go through that you just have to... This division mm-hmm. and the AL Central are two, to me, that are like, everybody could potentially be a contender if things fall the right way, mm-hmm. and the contender might win 85 games and win the division. Right. Like, it's that kind of a thing. And it's just as likely that you boat race and somebody wins 98 and wins, runs it going away. Right. But those two divisions are really, like, the parity in those two divisions is interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you want to know my um, season opening prediction, by the way? Yeah. Sox wins, because I know you like to give me a hot You still owe me that. lunch for last year. That's when you not thought true. That's not true. <laughs> those of you that saw us at Zanku Chicken, no. That oh, that's true. right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Um, I forgot about that. What about uh, Mad Props? Was cool. you know, I haven't even <laughs> mentioned AfterBuzz yet. You know? Kevin's going to be all over me. We're coming to you from the lovely AfterBuzz Studios, by the way, here in lovely North Hollywood. What's up? Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm just thinking. Was what was his chicken right now? Was it oh, now? yeah. It was uh, 91 wins. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm looking pretty good right now. Yeah, you are. But 600 ball early. is... 94 or whatever. I mean, I can't do the math in my head, but it's something like 94, 96. Yeah, somewhere okay. in there. Somewhere I think there. I took so, the over on 91. I don't, I don't think, think you I, did. I don't think I gave you an exact I, Well, I think you took, because we were talking about the total, and I think the total at the beginning of the season was 87 wins for the okay, Red Sox. Okay, okay. And I took the over, went ahead, went through a prediction. I think you took the over 87, too. Yeah. The only one who took under was Dennis. He was, uh, you know, he's a pessimist. What are you going to say? He's from the structure. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so... Rockies, that was nice. Two out of three from them. It would have been nice to get two out of three in Toronto, but and we've been dancing around a little bit. That was a hot break of Saturday night in mm, Toronto. Yeah. I mean, ouch. Well, I mean, that, and that's the other thing. You have a three and three week, but that's the thing. You get in a position to win Saturday night, and Craig Kimbrell, who always does what he does, doesn't do what he does. Yeah. It's like, wait a second, that doesn't happen very often. Like, it's going to happen. Like, your closer's going to blow a save or two. You can't expect him to go 100%. Yeah. But, you know, if you're in position, you lose that one, you come back Sunday and win, looking back at the thing as a whole, you're like, you know what? It could be worse. And it's signs of a good team. Yeah. That can come back after a heartbreak and loss and, and like, avoid the sweep by getting it done in that last game of the division. Next time you go to Toronto, Craig Kimber will be lights out. Like, that, yeah. it's just that's the way it works. Well, so. I think he's got, what, four blown saves this year and two or three over Toronto or two? I'm not sure. but Well, and then also you had uh, Hanley who uh, kind of missed that last dig that that could have got him into another inning, and uh, he missed that one too. So, well, I mean, there was just that was a really tough game to watch because we were ahead four runs going into the eighth, and then Janucci kind of, and then we lost uh, the four runs in the eighth, and then freaking Ortiz, man, 
comes up and even with a he bounce one off his foot earlier in the game, still hit a home run. And yeah, then we kind of missed blew the clutch. It. Yeah, that's what that's how Toronto's end. built though. Toronto is built to do exactly that. To score runs in a hurry and hit home runs and Josh Donaldson, you're supposed to hate him because he's good and hateable and he hits home runs. Like yeah. that's the way that they're built. So well, you know, you do that to that team, it's like eh, it's frustrating as hell, but it's gonna happen once or twice. Yeah, it was kind of a hot break of Friday night, right? Too when he hit that two run bomb off of Koji. That was Friday, right? Um uh, Donaldson did. Because yeah, that yeah. looked like a pop fly. That that's caught at the track in Boston, and uh, and that that's like three thirty gets it out. I mean, I know there's the pesky pole and everything, and that's the cheapest home run in baseball and all that stuff. It's two ninety nine, whatever. But then it jets out immediately into one of the deepest right centers there is. I mean, Toronto they don't even have a big wall out there, and it's only three twenty eight. Are you kidding me, buddy? Torrid. Both teams got to play with it. You Both teams got to play with this. You could have hit home runs it there. It looked like a paw fly. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go, can of corn. And then the thing sailed over the fence. I was like, oh, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> Koji came back, though, and nailed down the save today for Clay Buckholtz getting his first W out of the pen. Yeah. So what do you have to say about that? Moving Buckholtz to the pen now that he, you know, uh, got beat up the other day on his last start. He's been uh, getting beaten up pretty frequently. Yeah, and long and, ball. And I had ju- I texted you right before we started, and I said, you know, you really, you know, they, you guys were dogging him on the last couple of shows, and I was trying to say, like, look, he ha- hasn't been terrible in his last couple of starts. He's been serviceable, you know, Me- not great starts, but not terrible, you know, mediocre. Hopefully, making a turn and just got blasted. So mm-hmm. I think it was like three home runs, six earned runs, and just all over the place. Like, so what did we learn, Ben? So I, I what did we learn? I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he stinks. Um, you just, no, you can't talk up players because then they're gonna go in the tank. Oh yeah, evidently. Okay, okay. okay. Evidently, you didn't Fair learn enough. that. Yeah, no, I guess spell I, it out. You know, I think I have a pretty consistent streak of doing that on the Do show you? now. Yeah, because oh, I boy. I was like, remember when Brock Holt started off wicked hot, and I was like, oh, oh. yeah, he's gonna be lights out this whole season, and he just started oh. slowly on the decline after oh, that. Oh boy, and now he's on a. This oh, is the God. DL. Okay, well, wow. you know who's really going to start to stink now that we move him to the bullpen is Clay Buckles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Reverse it up. That'll be uh, awesome. No, but you know, I think that's a good move for the Red Sox because, you know, he. I don't know if it's necessarily like he's hurt or like you need to put him on the DL, but he just has this tendency to like have a couple really bad innings during a game and maybe just, you know, throw him in, in the pen so he just has to just zone in for like one or two innings. Maybe that'll be good to get his confidence back. Yeah. And I'm open to the fact that, you know, if anybody has a tough stretch, sit him back there. Because like we were talking about before, there's no 200-inning guys on this squad, mm-hmm. you know, besides, uh, you know, Price. So when a guy's going bad, why not throw him in the bullpen and then, you know, release, you know, kind of pause his innings count for a while. Yeah. And, you know, try and get him out of the rut. Well, and the other thing is, is now uh, we got word. I don't know if it was before or after he got sent to the bullpen, but Eduardo is going to make his first start on Tuesday. So um, that's going to be. I mean, do we really want six six guys in the starting rotation? I don't. I'm probably not. I mean, that's... now we have two games off, uh, in I think in the next two weeks. So uh, we have a kind of a lighter schedule, I think, going forward. So, so Ed... that's a guy we were talking off camera about Carlos Gonzalez trades. If the Red Sox want a left fielder, oh, boy. Eduardo's a guy the Rockies would love. They tried hard to get him when he was with Baltimore before the Red Sox got him a couple years ago, and it didn't work out. You were also saying that Cargo has no trade value. He doesn't, but if you were willing to give him up, 
Yeah. I if the Red Sox happening. needed a left fielder, uh, I would love Eduardo. That guy. That guy's going to be a stud. He is. That's why we wouldn't trade him, and that would be <laughs> somebody who has trade value. So you were just explaining to me <laughs> that Carlos, Carlos Gonzalez does not have trade value. You got to give to get. Can you explain to us and the peeps here? Why he doesn't have trade value? Cargo, his contract is up at the end of next year, so and he doesn't it's a have a lot contract. of time. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty team favorable for what he was doing in his prime. But he's a platoon player. So if you really, really, really need a left fielder and Cargo's the guy, maybe you just suck up and do it and give up a couple mid-level prospects. But Platoon player, he only hits righties? Yes, he's hitting like 120 against lefties. Perfect. He has, he, but, but for what you were paying him... Him and, what and you Chris did, Young, double-headed monster, patrol and the monster. But like Chris it. Young is already over the hill. Cargo, theoretically, is not. He's 30 years old. You'd want more value out of a guy like that or to sign him to an extension, but he doesn't hit lefties well enough to deserve the extension that he would want to get based on his previous numbers in Colorado. Yeah. He's going to try to command 15 or $20 million a year because of what he's done in Colorado. He's not worth that because he hits 120 against lefties. So and and he here's making? the reason why they're not going to get Eduardo is because of that reason, right? They're, yeah. they're not going to give up somebody because, honestly, we don't need another outfielder that bad. We have a couple guys that we can rotate in or out. Um I don't see it. I don't see it happening for one of our top. A, a desperate team. If you're the Angels or the White Sox, those teams might get desperate. Yeah. The Angels have no prospects anyway, so the Rockies won't even pick up the phone. Yeah. But really, the White Sox to me are the team that are like, we need a corner outfielder. Mm-hmm. This is the guy. But if you're the Red Sox, if you don't need one that badly, you don't. I mean, you already give up a ton of prospects and Kimbrel deal and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. You don't want to decimate the farm system too much, or else you turn into Anaheim. It's true. That's why. I, and originally, I didn't think Chicago would be an option because I don't want to give up. Yeah. You know the Anderson Espinosas of the world, and certainly not Eduardo. Um, <laughs> but. You know, but then you kind of piqued my interest because you said that maybe we can get him for Henry Owens, maybe. Or and I mean, it'd have to be an and, and at that point. The Rockies are saying Mauricio okay, DeBomb. That's the thing. You're gonna have to give us a couple people who are high A, double A right now, twenty, twenty-one years old. I mean, whoever it is, you know, yeah. mid-level, top, you know, top fifteen prospects kind of deal. Because it doesn't. It would not surprise me in the least if you know. Dombrowski makes a trade for a left fielder because he, you know, when you look at where he's got holes, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, my best option left fielder right now is a career utility guy who's coming off a concussion, you know, DL. And isn't so isn't he a perfect super utility situation? Don't you don't you Enrique Hernandez him Brock Holt or whatever and let him play eight positions exactly, you know, or, so, se- or seven or whatever, let him play seven positions. Yeah. So and that that's like get him at bats every week, have him play third one week, you know. You can have him play third twice and have Travis play in one of those games, you know. Give Petey a day off. I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30, you know. Give Poppy one off, have Hanram in the, uh, you know, DH slot, stuff like that. Are we sure Poppy needs a day off? I mean, well. So, yeah, so today (laughs) he got scratched 30 minutes before the game because of that, uh, that foul ball off his foot the other day. Right. Um, that was so Saturday, initially Saturday I wasn't game, right? worried because he hit the home run at the end of the game but t- now I'm hearing today that uh, you know he had to get scratched because he had some lingering soreness they say he's going to be okay but I'm a little worried Oof. I'm not he got scratched because it's a day game after a night game and he's a veteran who's earned the right not to play in those <laughs> that's true <laughs> he probably I mean he probably showed up at the park and said I want to play or last night he was like I want to play put me in the lineup tomorrow yeah. and then he showed up and he said mm, nah Monday's a day game too. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him out of that too. Well, but one thing yeah. is, is that he's had a past of some foot soreness and pain issues. So he's a big guy. He's getting old. 
let's make sure that everything's all right before we put him back in. Like I said, we don't really need him yeah. right away. Um, we got some flexibility, so even if you want to put him on a 15 day rip with well, a who, foot impingement, who starts Monday against them? Oh, that's a good question. Because if it's Baltimore. a lefty, then it's then it's a real easy decision to just let him take another day. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure who they got. Who's up for them? Um, yeah, I'll tell you in a maybe second. Maybe right. Might be up for them. I forget. Uh, so, I mean, Buck Colts in the bullpen. I, you know, I guess we were just kind of dismissing it because we always thought, at least Dennis and I, when we were talking last week, it was like he's he's always been notoriously considered a guy that takes so long to warm up that mm-hmm. maybe he wouldn't be an ideal foot for the bullpen. Uh, and that probably what they'll end up doing is like, you know, just DLing him with like a phantom injury. But. Well, you know, it won't be the first time we were wrong in this program. So they're going to go to the DL. Uh, any luck, Ben? Oh, man, I got Stephen Wright for the Red Sox. I don't know. Stephen Wright for the Red Sox. Maybe Mike Wright for the Battle of the Wright Brothers for uh, Monday's <laughs> Memorial Day game down at Camden. Hello. Uh, also want to send out some props this week uh, to, obviously, number 26, Wade Boggs, finally getting his uh, number long overdue. Uh, retired to the right field facade. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's about time the third best left-handed hitter in Red Sox history is up there as yeah. he should be. I grew up on Wade Boggs. I have so many Wade Boggs trading cards. It's crazy. Rest. Yeah. Who are your two ahead of him? Teddy Ballgame and Poppy. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, would Would you have a different? I don't know. Interesting. I mean, I mean, if I need a single. I'd probably go with Wade Boggs. <laughs> but if I need a homer, I go, yeah, I mean. Well, that's dude, the thing. I mean, Wade Boggs, his, his career, like, average at Fenway Park oh, is the highest of anybody with over, like, 200 plate appearances. Guess what it is? 372. Wow. You're pretty good. 363. Hmm, okay. So, but you, but his, career slugging per, his career slugging percentage is like 401. 710. I'll say, is it really that high? No, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking OPS. <laughs> but uh, no, but, and everybody says it, and actually Yaz said it the uh, the other night because Yaz was in the booth with uh, Obi and uh, Jerry. And um, he was saying, yeah, I mean, the thing with Boggs was unbelievable. It's like in. Uh, in batting practice, he would just rope him over the bullpen the entire game, the entire batting practice, and then he'd change his swing in the game, you know, and just have four hits or whatever. But I can remember that too, because there was one year Boggs was like, All right, I'm going to hit for power this year. And it was like 86, I think, 85, 86, and 87, somewhere in there. And uh, he went out and hit 26 bombs and still hit like 301, 302. And then he just didn't like hitting 301 or 302. He likes yeah. to be in the 340 range. So went back the next year to hit single-digit homers and hit, like, 345 or whatever. Well, it's it's a testament to the time these guys play, too. You know, Ted, Ted Williams was above anybody ever at the time, you know, to the time he played, so he was beyond everything. But Boggs played at a time where the home run was just coming into the importance that it has today. Right. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. bad, Like the Bash Brothers in Oakland and stuff. Like, Boggs, like, started well before that. Boggs was like a Tony Gwynn kind of thing, and those guys were late 70s, early 80s, mid-80s, and then all of a sudden you got guys who were looking like linebackers at the plate, and it's like, oh, the game is changing. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of a... If you if you were to value Boggs against Ortiz... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you were to value Boggs against Ortiz, like, it'd be hard to do 
not only in the context of the game situation, but in the context of what you value on the team. If it's Boggs versus Ortiz in 2016, well, sure, in, in this game today, you live and die by the home runs. But if you were, like, taken to their prime in 1982 uh, in a long run, well, Wade Boggs is probably way more valuable. Mm. You know? I don't know. Here's yeah. another question for you. Who can drink? I think in 82, the performance-enhancing drug of choice was cocaine. That's the thing. There was so, rampant. I mean, just rampant. And, and not quite for home runs. <laughs> so that was more for Rock Rain's uh, uh, steel potential. Probably why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that's sad. He, he belongs in there. Yeah. Regardless. What were you going to say? I was going to say, who can, who can drink more beers in a day, Wade Boggs or David Ortiz? That's a good question. i got to go with Wade Boggs on that. Okay, but yeah. right now, like ter- current day, I mean, prime, of course, Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs is like Boggs lives Boggs in Florida. Is like <laughs> Take it down <laughs> 30 beers a day since retirement. Okay? Okay, okay. Well, hey, we'll, we'll save that and one for shooting next ducks year. Yeah. And whatever else. Who had better facial hair, Wade Boggs or David Ortiz? Ooh. i got to go with Poppy on that. What? Are it's, you serious? It's, it's a generational thing, I think. I mean, he's very well manicured. No, well, You would think it would be odd. I would go with that guy. Yeah, but Wade Boggs had, like, the legendary, like, almost short of, like, Don Mattingly level, like, stash. kind of a stash, man. <sighs> Poppy's got the flow rider, though. I mean, he's just, yeah. like, he's, he's looking pretty clean. You know? Yeah, that's uh, that's a bad opinion. Really? Yeah, that's a, that's an incorrect opinion. <laughs> that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> oh boy, you know. Um, so let's look at because uh, I mean, when you look at down at some of these Red Sox statistics, there's going to be some guys playing for the AL in the All Star game. I mean, last year our sole representative was a utility man, Brock Holt. This year, we, we got to have four or five guys in there representing the Sox. I don't know. Let's yeah. take a look. So, number one. Xander's got to be in there. Xander's Starting a lot. Shortstop. the best shortstop in the American Well, League. hold on now. We're talking about best. We're talking about fan voting. This is the issue. Fan Let's voting is another fan vo- Well, fan voting well, is yeah. what you need in order to make the... Well, uh, you got popular guys. you got popular shortstops in the American League, like freaking Carlos Correa. Yeah, that's the you thing. Know? He might not get the vote, Xander, so, but he's got the numbers. Uh, man. Just make sure you put in your ballot. Uh, you, you, I like to do it old school, like okay. the chads at the games. Yeah, I do like that, too. I wish they would bring that back and not make it totally... They don't un- have it at the game still? No, ever since, like, last starting last year, <sighs> all online. It's pretty mm-hmm. garbage. Yeah, pretty garbage. and you can do, like, it's like, what, five submissions a day every single day? Or something like that? Um, if you were going just off numbers, I'd say probably three, maybe four. Okay, so, Xander. Xander. Poppy. Poppy. JBJ. JBJ. As much as I hate to say it, assuming he continues, which he probably will not. Uh, and then, and then Mookie I think Betts. I think you take your pick, maybe Pedroia or uh, Travis Shaw. But I don't know about Travis Shaw because there's a lot of third Second base. Second base, like. Second base is, loaded is loaded too. too. Yeah. But, but but Pedroia, you have the reputation, the yeah. veteran idea, which may you know. So yeah, what, but it's, yeah. What about Mr. Mookie Betts? I think you're a little bit dismissive because you know he's only hitting like two seventy three. He's only getting on base. 32% of the time. Is I that mean, true? that's fine. But when you talk about on this team, you, you got like five guys, production-wise, who are, who, are, who are producing at a better clip than he is. That, that's the only reason why I, I, you know, put guys ahead of him. Well, the it depends thing, on like what you look at. Because like he's right now, I think he's number one in run scored in the AL. And I think he's like number four in RBIs. The thing is, he he's not hitting for a high average, but he's got this rare combination of speed and power. 
Um, so, When's the last 30-30 guy in the league? He's going to be a 30-30 guy mm-hmm. this year. Has Mike Trout ever gone 30-30? Is he, is he going to be a 30-30 guy? He's very he's close got to on nine pace. homers, yeah. eight steals. Yeah. Nine he's, homers, eight steals. He's on track. That's the, what are they, 52 in, 50 in? You know, almost, I mean, come June 1st. If he's got ten of each, you're gonna to have to be pretty productive. You know? He has he started off slow too. He's I mean and he, he hasn't really hit a Mookie Betts stride just yet. Not yet. You know? he, he had kind of a clunker this week. That's why he's only in two seventy three. He should be up around two eighty. But he had like a zero for sixteen stretch mm. this past week that uh, he got out of. But um, I don't not necessarily signing off right now. But I did want to let the people that are just listening know what you guys. Um, Twitter handles are and whatnot, just in case they want to hit you up during the week oh, and be like, be... "Hey, nice job. Answer this question for next show." Things like that. Yeah. So you really want to you want to let them know? Yeah, sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Benny Frickin Jam, and uh, actually did have a uh, a fan reach out to me. Uh, somebody I used to I grew up in Attleboro with on Augsburg Drive. There you Shout go. out to the <laughs> Augsburg Drive crew. Augsburg. Uh, this was probably a couple weeks ago, and I'll actually bring this up, but. He had said, "You know what? I'm, I don't want to trade anybody except for uh, John Farrell." Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! He's throwing that out there. He was going real hard. So I don't know if that's still the case. This was a couple weeks back. This, I haven't been on the show in a couple weeks. This, but yeah, it might also be a questionable opinion. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. The one I mean, you gotta love with the. the, the but one yeah, that right was now. Uh, that was Brett Ruccio from Rujination. Oh so, boy. Dot net, I believe. Boy. Wow. They. 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 I mean. It's a little haphazard, but there is that is a popular opinion, especially how well Tory Lovello did last yeah. year at the end of the year. So, you know, everybody likes the backup quarterback. You know, I mean, you traded to get him, you trade him away. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. What the Red Sox give up when they took Farrell? Who was it? Ah, oh, that is a good question. Because it was a player. It was a it was named a player. player. Was I player. can't remember who it was now though. No. Which is a weird thing to get effectively traded for a manager as, as compensation. Yeah. I don't know. Um, me, I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. I will only take prospect questions. Only prospect Only co- if they're prospects That's in the right. American you, or National You know, you might, if you want to uh, read his writing and stuff, where do they find SB Nation? Who else do you write Purple for? Purple Row, a uh, couple different places. You follow me on Twitter, you get it all. That's it. Following Talk, Twitter. Talking to he, a lot of minor no, leaguers. He's knowing all about the Cal League this year. You know, he's been up and down this fair state. Uh, Picking apart all the single A guys. You gotta love it. So, looking ahead to this next week, we got the uh, Sox. Uh, I'll start out with a Memorial Day game at Camden Yards tomorrow in the afternoon, right? 135 on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy Memorial Day to all the veterans out there tomorrow. Um, and so they'll do four at Baltimore, right? And yep. then they host Toronto for three, so we That's can get right. right back at these guys. This is a massive week. Yeah, this sure is, is this is the kind of week that you look at, and and the road trip that branches two of our calendar weeks, which is three in Toronto and four in Baltimore. So take that, take those seven, and if you go two and five, it's like crap. <laughs> you right. know, if you go three and four on the road, I think you're doing pretty damn good. You win one or two, you get swept in Baltimore. That's a real bad road trip. Yeah, we really got to split in Baltimore and then take two out of three from Toronto because that one's mm-hmm. in Fenway. So yeah, uh, it's going to be a four and three week. You know, I think hopefully. if you have a, if you have a four and three week, you're pretty happy. And anything yeah. better, you're incredibly happy. I mean, going through those, those are the two yep. best hitting lineups other than the Sox in the AL East, obviously. But maybe in in the in the AL as well. And David Price is only going to get one shot this week because he started today. Today, yeah. So he's only so going to start on. He'll probably be Thursday Toronto or whatever, or Friday, yeah. Thursday. So the last yeah. game in that Baltimore series. But 
Baltimore would be nice to, you know, even take three out of four from them. They come back to light, back to earth a little bit now mm-hmm. uh, after they had that win streak where they ripped off like eight straight or something. So it'd be interesting to see because their uh, starting staff is overperformed to yeah. this point. So I'm just waiting for midnight to strike on that and like you know have them plummet back down. Hopefully this is the week for that, who kids. Are, who are you guys most worried about in the division? Long-term, playoff-wise, fighting for the division, whatever it is. Who are you most worried about in the division? For me, it's still Toronto. I mean, their lineup hasn't even started to really hit yet. I mean, outside of Donaldson. But they have some guys that can really explode. I mean, it's kind of interesting. It was an odd to see Bautista hit and lead off of them. Yeah. You know? They've got problems. I mean, Tulo's on the DL. Like, they're, they're, and he wasn't doing well when he was there. Right. So. But they, they got some pitching that's kind yeah. of stepped up, you know? I mean, Strowman's as good as advertised. You know, Estrada's been great for them. Yeah. You know, and, you know, J.A. Happ's been pretty good, you know? So they're getting, I guess, more starting than I thought they were going to get. So the fact that they're. Offense hasn't come around yet, and they're still kind of sniffing 500. They might be one or two games under uh, after the loss today, but I, I'm still. I think they scam me the most at this point, mm-hmm. just because I don't think the Yankees' starting staff is going to hold up at all. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, but their lineup hasn't hasn't hit either. And, but I think they're relying on a lot of old guys, the Yanks, in the middle of their lineup. You know, with a Rod Beltran and same story, Deshera. different day. And I think Beltran's the only one that can still hit. But out of the division. Sabathia's been pretty good for them lately, though. Yeah, that is crazy. And they so. have this the sick bullpen. Uh, out of the division, I think the Royals are a team that hasn't played their best ball yet. And they're kind of poised to make a run. I think yeah. Chicago's for real. I mean, I think the they're going to be there. The White Sox, really? Yeah. Wow. I will disagree with you 100% on that. Really? Yes. But they got Matt Latos. I, think... I know you were a big fan of <laughs> last I, year. I think they have huge pitching problems besides Chris Sale, who's like, you know, the AL's Kershaw. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's sick. Um, but you don't think Rodon is any good? No, I, I like Rodon. I just don't think he's good, experienced good to the point where he can impact a playoff race. Yeah. Like, give him another year or two to do that. Right. But I think Rodon's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, good. Um the other team I like and nobody likes them but like if the Angels could Texas. just like well Texas maybe but if the mm. Angels could just like figure it out. <laughs> what are you talking about? No what is way. To like who who strikes who strikes fear in you uh in that lineup like besides Trout and Pujols? Cole you can Calhoun? pitch around. Cole Calhoun would be the third. There but other go. than that, they have like six guys that really can't hit. Who Johnny Giovatella is going to back no. up uh, pool holes and no. all that. No, but but look, I mean that 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 if if everyone is healthy, they have a pretty good starting rotation with some of these dudes. Hector Santiago is incredibly underrated. I'll give you that. Thank but you. But Richards is hurt. He is hurt. That's correct. And that's he's their best pitcher. Uh, Weaver can't break a pane of glass. I'm not worried about Weaver. You know, I mean, I don't know. They're hurting. They're hurting. The AL West isn't good though. But a lot of people are struggling. Uh, the the Rangers, West. especially now that Davish is back, the Rangers are going to take over Seattle, and they're going to be the tough team to come let's, out of Let's let's see it happen because I've never been a believer in Seattle. Yeah. So I think that's always been a mirage. Not a believer in Seattle, but still a believer, right? Just don't. Yeah. They, they also what, what, uh, what? <laughs> they also what? picked up uh, big game Timmy. I think. 
Big game, Timmy. Game changer. Timmy, Tim Salmon? No. <laughs> Lincecum. Oh, that's right. He's in Salt Lake this week. Oh, man. That was a great deal for them, though, seriously. A great deal for them. They had nothing to lose there. Well, yeah, I mean, if you got nothing to lose. And he but... wasn't going to leave the West Coast, so that's, I think, probably you know, pretty easy. I don't easy. think anybody else wanted him, though. You know, And the Angels, it's not like they're going to be able to make a trade. They don't have anything <laughs> They to have offer. nothing in the minor leagues. That, the... That's the problem. If, if you were in the hunt like, and you wanted to make a trade for something, like, what would you do? You have n- literally nothing in the minor leagues to offer. And nothing. The, and the few prospects they had, they traded inexplicably for all-glove, no-hit shortstop. That was a bizarre trade. Bizarre trade. Yeah. Because you're more than that away from... You know, contending. You know, that's kind of a, a a luxury move you make if, like, all right, you know. Well, the story here is the Braves. The Braves got the better of that deal. The Braves got the better of the Shelby Miller deal. The Braves now have decided they're not going to trade these guys for prospects anymore because they have so many freaking prospects. So they have, like, Julio Tehran and these, like, decent youngish pitchers. They're going to trade Tehran. Ooh, they they yes. literally came out today and said they are not going to trade Tehran. Really? Of course it, they now, did. That could, be, that could be smoke and mirrors, oh, okay. but they said they are not going to trade Tehran for They're prospects. just trying to get the price up. Yeah, he's the could. hottest. He's the hottest trade rumor I've heard about. Yeah, but to The me, Red Sox are going to have to give up a lot to get him. They would. Yeah. To and me, I, don't, he's, he's I think it's going to be too much. I don't want it. He's young enough where you could still build a core and have him be a part of it if you're the Braves. Because they have guys like Dansby Swanson now who's like a year and a half That's away. True. Like you don't have guys who are as far away as you know getting 18 year olds in these deals yeah so i don't know the braves are are real real bad now and they could be real real good about two years that's interesting because a few days ago their only uh untouchable was freddie freeman but now it's i don't know why it would have been freddie tehran (laughs) yeah me neither really Uh, they seem in love with that guy I think he's Georgia kid, so they want to keep him around. And they did that with Hayward for a while, too. They did it with yeah. Frank Coor for too long. Like, yeah. they love those local guys. I get it, but, yeah. you know. I mean, K- Craig Kimber was a local dude. He was an Alabama guy, and they just unceremoniously were like, no, nah, we can get some for you. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I mean, once it became a fire sale, it was yeah. just like, how much can you get? Um, are you... Now, I don't know if you've been privy to the, the voyage of uh, Rusni Castillo, but, uh, oh you know, the Red Sox signed him to a seven-year, $72 million deal, and now he's hitting, like, uh, I don't know, two fifty in Pawtucket. But Man. even they brought up Swihart, a catcher, to play left field when yep. Brock Holt went on the DL instead of bringing this kid up. And he's hitting five hundred at the major league level this year. Just two for four. One for two, two, two for, for four. four. <laughs> just gotta just gotta give him a little time. I mean, they're gonna give him a lot of time because of the deal. It's gonna take a um, little time. It's you know a little time. Here's 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 the deal with somebody like Rusney. When the Dodgers do this and they sign got nowhere left to hide. Can we cut off oh, your mic? Yeah. <laughs> when the Dodgers do this and they sign fifteen of these guys and they sign Arui Barwena and Alex Guerrero and all these guys, it's like when one busts and the next one, you know, succeeds, you're like, eh, okay. Yeah. You know, that's not too bad. But when you sign one of them and the profile is higher, yeah. you know, seven years seventy two million in the grand scheme of things in major league baseball, ten million a year is, is not nothing, crippling yeah. at all. Yeah. But when the profile's higher and it's the only one you've done like this, yeah. well, we still got yawn. Down in yeah. uh, down in single A Salem, but so. that's a different thing. That's a much younger guy who you're developing. Right, Rusney was a, was a better guy who you expected more of immediately. That's why you got to stay difference. away from those guys, you know, because they're not. <laughs> you say that, but Jose Abreu, that's White true. Sox signed Jose Abreu for like sixty three million, and that dude's. I mean, I would give anything for that dude. That's true. You know, that guy's that's a stud. 
So I, I don't know. It's it's hit and miss. It, you just need better development and better player development and scouting in Latin America for that. The mm-hmm. Dodgers do it really well. A couple other teams have done it really well. And you just hope if you're like the Red Sox or somebody that you have enough information on a guy. And when you pull the trigger, it's the right guy. The good news is you're not the Tampa Bay Rays. If the Tampa Bay Rays had given Rusni Castillo $72 million, or or another small market team, yeah. the Rockies, man, it would have been game be over. Crippled. You would be yeah. crippled from they something would never like do that. that. Um, you couldn't. But if you're yeah. the Red Sox, as much as it would hurt, you, you, you string them along for the next three years. If he keeps hitting 250 in AAA, eventually you say, darn it. Darn it. You know, and you just yeah. move on. Yeah. So Nice. Well, gang, we're going to sign off. Uh, Sox uh, still playing well. We hope they keep it rolling this week, especially in Baltimore as they face the hated Orioles. You know, hopefully we can get a few down there and uh, get back on a winning track. Hopefully we're talking about the Sox having a winning track, uh, winning record next week. I won't be here, but uh, there'll be somebody here talking Red Sox. For Ben Fay and Bobby DeMuro, I'm Mike Conley. This has been another edition of Red Sox Rap 360. Thank you, Sox fans. Go Sox. Free Tom Brady. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.